Thanks, Cody and the team. Good time of worship this morning. Um, good morning. How is everybody? You doing good? Saw a couple nods, so that's good to see. Um, I think I had too much coffee this morning. Have you ever had that feeling where you didn't eat enough and I had too much? I had a gift card to Starbucks that I used, and it, they said, you have 90 cents left on the, the balance of the card, and I thought, there's nothing for 90 cents. And then when I finished, I thought, I could get a refill for 50 cents and use a little bit more of this gift card. So that might have been a bad idea because now I feel it. But um, So if I start speeding up, just give me the, like, it's okay. Slow down. Um, well, like Eric said, we're, we're continuing in a, um, a sermon series on love in high definition. What we're trying to do is get a really clear picture um, from Scripture What is this thing? There's a lot of songs. There's a lot of talk. um, There's a lot of confusion um, sometimes about love. And so what we want to do is look to Scripture, um, to God's Word, and and get some clarity, get some definition on it. Um, So quick recap up to this point. This is week four. So the first week, what we looked at was how love matters most to God. Um, God is love. He invented it, you could say. Um, it's his ideas, and, he, and he's got his own definition for it, so we, we would do well to go with his definition of it, since, since he's the author of it. Um, everything in comparison to God's love, anything not God's love, is like standard definition at best, compared to high definition. So, so that launched us in. Week two, we looked at love versus envy, and how envy is actually a major enemy of love how it can stop the flow of patient and kind love. Um, love gains the advantage when we're able to stop envy at the start. Um, and that, what that requires, though, is a real trust in God, that he's going to meet our needs. We're not going to get ripped off. So I don't need to worry about envy. I can just, I'm free to love people. And then last week, uh, we talked about humility, how humility is actually the secret ingredient um, in the recipe of love. Maybe you've had a really good slice of pizza or, I don't know, your favorite pizza is my favorite. <laughs> Fill in your favorite food. Maybe you've had a great bite and you thought, what is it that makes this one special? Um, what is the secret thing? And in love, humility is that ingredient. And that, that actually pops up, as I listened last week, that pops up every week that we talk about love. Humility is involved in that. And you might not expect it. Um, and then this week, we dive into... Love and honor. Um, again, we're using 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, verses the first, I think, oh, now I'm on the spot because I backed myself. It's, I think it's the first 10 or so verses about love. Love is. Um, and we get to verse 5 this week talking about love and honor. And doesn't, it's the summertime, usually the big, you know, movies come out in the summertime. Doesn't that sound like it could be like the big blockbuster, love and honor? A little bit of something for the guys, a little bit of something for the ladies. There's always a love story, but honor, you know. It's, and, um, and actually, it's, it sounds like an epic thing. In relationships, honor really is an epic part uh, of make, making a great foundation. Honor is a key foundation in healthy relationships. And so love always gives value to people, and it doesn't take value away. So we're going to talk about that and, and how that is woven into this idea of love. Have you ever felt um, devalued or undervalued by somebody? Um, it actually, 
has that stinging feeling. Like that stings. Sometimes out of nowhere. Didn't expect that from you. And that really, that stings. Um, I grew up in Fountain Valley, which is right next to Huntington Beach. So I was at the beach a lot. And I remember pretty vividly, for some reason, I have a bad memory, but I remember this. A kids program, the lifeguards were teaching us some safety about rip currents and and things, and, and they taught us how to do the stingray shuffle. Have you guys have you heard of that? Familiar? What you, if you're not, when you enter the water, you want to shuffle your feet, kind of kick the, the sand, and, and that scares the stingrays away um, so you don't get stung. And I remember that. So I've, I actually made it a habit. I do the stingray shuffle. You look kind of goofy, but I've never been stung. I've seen two people get stung, actually, pretty recently, and it, they, they were in pain. They were trying to be tough, but I knew it hurt. And it, uh, it stung, they said, for the next day, even two days. And sometimes and if, if, people, if we get stung by, by people sometimes, that, there's a parallel there. It, it hurts for a couple of days, maybe more than a couple of days. Um, and part of that is being undervalued by people. Some ways um, that we get undervalued by people are being left out of the plans. The group made a plan, and they forgot to invite me. And we try to act like... Oh, it's okay. I was busy that night anyway, or you know. But really, that hurts. That's a that's a sting that happens sometimes. And um, maybe you're married and you feel like what you do, you you just can't do good enough. I'm not. I can't make them happy. So maybe for a wife, you think your husband doesn't listen or pay attention. Um, the husbands, you may think, you know, man, I work a ton. I don't ask for a whole lot. Just a little appreciation would be nice. These are some ways that we might get, get that sting in relationships. Maybe as a, as a son or daughter, you feel like, I, I can't seem to make the right choice that my parents approve of here. They just aren't valuing me and my choices. Maybe you're dating and you get the sense that, you know, the person I'm dating wants to change me. Um, they don't appreciate me for who I am. They, want, they have this agenda to change me, um, and that stings. Or you just get with a friend, have coffee, and somehow you realize midway through the whole conversation is about them. They, they don't even care to ask about me. And they initiated getting coffee, but they just want to, you know, that, those types of things are ways that we get um, devalued. We might feel that sting and that hurt. And it really gets old, you know, sometimes. So those common situations make us feel worthless. We might get angry. And if we're not careful we might start doing the stingray shuffle with people. And as we approach situations, we, we shuffle in so that they scare away. And, and what's behind that is we don't want our worth to get hurt. Um, so we, we stingray shuffle our way through life. Um, so today, what we'll see is that love shows honor to others. Again, it's a solid foundation for a great relationship. Um, and as I studied this topic, and there's a lot of practical things here, it was almost every point, like, yep, I could, I could work on that, I could work on that. So I really need God's help um, in this area. I'm not up here because I'm the expert on, on this issue at all. I need a lot of help. And, um, and perhaps, you know, there's something in here for you too. So pay attention um, and see if God is, is saying anything to you. So here's what our verse says, 1 Corinthians 13. Now we're in verse 5. Love is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. Um, and that's the first part. So the, we focus here. We, we get a lot in this passage, the tone 
of a lot of this is love is not this, it's not this, it's not this. It's like we're carving, or it's like Scripture is carving out, this is what it isn't. Get rid of the fuzzy edges. We're really defining it here. And it's helpful to know what it is when we look at what it's not. So to be rude um, is to be inappropriate, to be unbecoming. Um, It just doesn't fit. Um, And in this context, especially, it means uh, you undervalue people. You set, here's what it is, you set a low value on people, and then you treat them according to that value that you've assigned to them. Um, Imagine owning, maybe you do, but imagine owning a, a, a nearly flawless, you know, one carat, let's say, diamond ring. Guys, just go with it, you know. You may not wear it, but let's say you own it. Imagine how you would treat that ring. You would probably get it polished. Um, I watched them, you know, polish my wife's ring one time. They have steamers and all these tubes and pipes and tools, and they just, seems like the dust goes up, and then they come out with a shiny ring. It's kind of cool, but, but you would take care of it. You get the prongs tightened so that the, the diamond doesn't fall out, and the, the value you have for that ring is going to determine how you treat that ring. You don't want it to fall out. In fact, that happened to, to my wife's ring, um, her engagement ring I gave to her. Here's a picture of it. One day, she looked down, and she, you know, there were prongs, but there wasn't the, the main stone in there. And that is not a good feeling. I think, she, I don't know if we were together or she called me and said, oh my gosh, I lost it. It's gone. Um, and that's a panicky thing because of the value um, that it was. Um, that Diamonds aren't cheap. Um, luckily, we had um, a warranty plan, and the you know the place investigated. They determined we didn't tamper with it and pocket the diamond. But so they replaced it, um, which we were thankful for. Um, but all that to say, you know, we put this value and we treat it a certain way. Now imagine that your ring is a cubic zirconium diamond, or a, it's a fake. It's not even a diamond. It's a fake. You treat that differently. You don't polish it as much or at all. You don't have the, the warranty plan on it. You may not um, wear it as much as you would the other ring. And so there's this difference when we start looking at our value for things and how we treat them. And when we, when we relate this to people, if we have a low estimate of people, then we begin to treat them differently. Um, if you don't mind scrolling up on my notes. Um, there's a, this shows up when we undervalue people. There's certain ways that it, it shows up in our relationships. Um, like the verse says, we might insist on our own way. And that's very disrespectful. It's like we take our goal and we put it under our arm like a football and, and we're charging ahead to meet our goal. And if someone gets in our way, they better watch out. Um, people might even be an obstacle to, to us meeting our goal. So we insist on our own way. Another thing, the verse says it's not irritable. Um, and what that means, have you ever, think of a, a time you've been ir, irritable or you've been irritated by somebody. And for me, it's in the movie theater when someone's texting and I had paid $12 for my ticket, $6 for my drink, and times two because I went with my wife. And, and But somebody has the nerve to text and light up their, you know, light in the movie theater and you know, I get irritated by that because I can't control them. I can't tell them not to do that. Um, or when I'm driving and I need to merge in and, and I'm about to, like, be forced off of the freeway, but I need to get over and stay on. And, and I can't control somebody 
letting me do something. And, and so we get irritated sometimes. I do. I get frustrated when I can't control somebody. That, that's a way that not love shows up sometimes in, in us. And here's the bottom line of, of this first area. If I don't respect somebody, I actually am using them because I want my way. I use them to, to accomplish my goal. I might get demanding. Um, an example may be, you know, I want my kids to do exceptional at this. I really get demanding with them because I want to look good. I want my kid to hit the home run or I want, you know, to, to be in the spelling bee. Um, or maybe it's at work. I have a goal. I have a deadline. And I need people to drop what they're doing, you know, to help me. It might crop up there. Or you, you might use people um, when we don't, um, we don't get what we want. We can't control them and we get irritated. We get provoked to anger sometimes. There, imagine a family, you know, picnic or a family outing. Usually there's a planner in the family that has this idea. The, the birds are going to be chirping. There's going to be no, you know, grass on the blanket. And we're going to sit down and eat our croissants. And, you know, they have this picture. That sounds good right now. So that's why I said that. You know, they have this picture. This is going to be, you know, picture perfect. But then something gets in the way. And then that anger or that frustration kind of sneaks in. And this is not love. This is what the verse is telling us. This is not love. Um, so we know what we shouldn't do. Let's look at maybe what we should do. Um, we shouldn't set a value on people that's low and then treat them according to that. God tells us set a high value on the people in our life. Um, there's a, a reference. So I spoke two weeks ago and referenced John Mayer, um, a, a, just a little thing. And so I'm going to reference him again. And it looks like I'm this major fanatic, but I'm really not. This song just popped into my head. He has a song that I think illustrates how we feel sometimes. So listen and, and look at these lyrics of this song. play the rest of that song maybe uh, he's a good guitar player but I was looking at the lyrics of that song the chorus popped into my head but then I looked at the whole song and he's he's writing about it's actually a pretty emotional thing he's he's spilling his guts here that he feels lonely this is about his relationships um, just with friends with people um, and he's saying something's missing here I don't know what it is at all I can't figure it out and have you ever felt like that maybe you have in a relationship, it used to be great. There was harmony. We enjoyed each other. But now something's missing, and I don't know what it is at all. Um, thankfully, God has answered that for us. Before we even asked it, he has answered it. And honor is, is that foundation. Perhaps that's missing from the way you're relating to people. Here's what God says. This is in Romans 12, verse 9 and 10. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. This is my favorite part. Outdo one another in showing honor. I like that outdo. That appeals to a lot of guys, maybe anyone who's competitive. That appeals to you. Compete with one another. 
outdo one another in showing honor. Create a point system, try to get the highest score in showing honor. That's what I, that's what I think when I see that. Um, to honor someone means you are valuing them in a, in a high level, not at a low level. Like that diamond, that's the real thing. Like the flawless diamond compared to the, the fake diamond. And one interesting facet, if I can continue with the diamond in comparison, uh, of this idea is that people set the value on things, um, not the things themselves. So what I mean by that is a Chevrolet doesn't pull up next to a Mercedes on the street and start to envy. I wish I was made in Germany. And I, wish, I wish I had the leather and the, you know, automatic AC or whatever that, you know, they have. It's not, it's not the, the thing that does it. It's people. We, we value the Mercedes more than the Chevrolet. Um, or silver doesn't care that it's less valuable than gold. We do. Um, so it's just interesting to think about that. If we, if we took our diamond to the jeweler, you know, he's going to determine this is what it's worth, estimates the value. And in that idea, we do that with people. We estimate the value of, of relationships of certain people. And so what we want to do here is ask ourselves, what kind of estimate am I giving? How valuable are people and, and how am I treating them um, with regard to my value of them? So here's a practical way to measure how much you value people. There's, there's a chart. There's a left side honorable acts and a right side dishonorable. If, if you find that you have a pattern on the left side, that of honorable acts, that means you value people. You're setting a good, a higher value, and then the opposite is true on the right side. You're setting a lower value. Um, so see if any of these are true of you. Um, on the honorable act side, listening to and considering others' suggestions or point of view. Um, what this doesn't look like is having your iPhone out while someone's talking to you or the, the magazine is up or the paper. Um, Really listening, really, you know, suggesting, um, sorry, considering their suggestions, really taking it in. On the other hand, ignoring or degrading their opinions, advice, or beliefs, this would be a low value to that person who's talking to you. Um, Your head's in the book, your head's in the magazine. Um, Another one, building them up with our words, finding ways to encourage them, other people. Catch them doing the right thing and saying, you know what? I saw that. Great job. Add a boy. Add a girl. Um, Building them up with our words as opposed to on the dishonorable side, telling a joke at their expense or making jokes about their weak areas. And unfortunately, guys, dads, this is addressed in Scripture specifically to dads. We need to be careful about relating to our kids in this way. Um, And not just dads, but especially dads. Be careful of that. We're good at it. It'll flow if we don't, you know, cap that out. Um, Honorable act, giving them grace when they make a mistake. I've been on the receiving end of this many times. And recently I remember, can't remember the details, but I approached somebody, asked for forgiveness about something, and their response blew me away. They said, you know what? I could have done that too. I could have done the same thing. And that really, man... I got the chills are just thinking again about it. That really um, helped me. I didn't feel judged. I felt valued. That really has had an, an impact on how I can respond to other people, giving them grace. On the other hand, being critical of their honest efforts or attacking them verbally. For example, sarcasm. Um, 
it's a it's a hard one to shake for a lot of us. Um, sarcasm isn't ever helpful. Um, it's usually not instructive. Doesn't help. Um, there's another slide here. Um, expressing appreciation for kind deeds and helpfulness. So the, there's a love language chart, and maybe you know where you are on that. You know what is my love language? But words of appreciation is one, and that that is just like oil to a relationship. If if people are mutually encouraging each other, expressing appreciation, that that communicates I have a high value for you. Um, or the opposite, expecting people to help and ignoring when they are kind. That's that's just a stark opposite. And a communicating a low value. I expect you to help. A couple more. Being reasonable when in conflict and trying to see the problem from their angle. And I like to think I'm a reasonable guy. Maybe you think you're reasonable. But then the conflict comes. And that's, this is really hard to do. I, this is one I really need God's help um, in being reasonable. Getting into their shoes. That's going to communicate, you know, a high value. Um, on the opposite side, power struggles that leave one person feeling small. Have you ever been in an argument and midway through you, you forgot what, were, what started this thing or what is this about? Um, that's the power struggle. It became more about winning the argument than the actual thing that started it. Um, and that just communicates my way, you know, my, I'm going to win this. And lastly, asking forgiveness, clearing up relationships when we've been wrong. That's hard to do. There's humility, again, it has its fingerprint all over these. Um, asking forgiveness is hard, but it communicates um, a high value. Or on the other hand, an unwillingness to admit that we are wrong and to even ask for forgiveness. A good exercise you might do if you are feeling really brave today is take this chart, put it in front of somebody that's close to you and say, how do I measure up on these things? And then you got to buckle up and be ready for possibly something that may surprise you. But uh, it's probably safe to say that we could all, you know, do a little better in showing honor. And maybe one of these, you know, you act in an honorable way towards people. And another, you sometimes it goes either way. Um, honor, again, is at the heart of good relationships. And God made us this way. He tells us in 1 Peter 2:17 to honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, but honor everyone. Not just your high-value people, your diamond people, but, but everybody. Show them honor. And here's why God says this. People are made in his image, um, and that could be a whole you know, sermon by itself. What does that mean? So briefly what that means is we're unique among everything that God created. He made humans special. He made us able to communicate back with him. He made us able to love him back, which is unique. Um, We're like God. He made us. So if God is a pie, he cut up a little bit of, you know, so we're some crumbs from that pie. He made us a little bit like him compared to other things that aren't. We're thinkers. God God thinks. So we we are thinkers. We're complex. We can make plans. Um, We work. We're creative. We're, We're not creative like God is creative, but... We can be creative. So he made us. He's the creator. He's above us, but he gave us that high value among creation by making us in his image. So that's why we we are able to respect others. That's why we should respect others, because God has placed 
an extremely high price tag on that person, uh, on every person in the world. That's hard to remember sometimes. Um, Our value from God is really a gift. Um, Think about what did I do to earn that? Um, And you might come up dry. I've got nothing. I don't know why God values me. And we can't get it anywhere else. A lot of people try to find value in other places, but it would, it would only be right for something that's created to obey the Creator. But that's not what happened in our case. We, we went our own way. We, we've gone astray. And God shows us how valuable we are to Him. Despite that fact, He sent His Son to die for us, to offer forgiveness in a, in a way to be reconciled, to have a good relationship with God. He values us even though we went our own way. He, he went and got us. He values us. So our value is given by God. We can't get it anywhere else. Have you ever seen a toddler or maybe a little older um, who has their doll or their blankie that's just worn down? Hopefully it wasn't a junior hire by that point. But So kids just get this thing and they cling to it and it's, and it's shredded. It's hanging on by a thread. Um, try selling that on eBay when they get over it. And you're not going to get a whole lot for it, right? But to that, to that kid... They'll lose sleep, literally, if they don't have their blankie or their, their dolly. We had a friend, uh, a girl, it was, it, it was Bobby. She had this doll. I think she called it Bobby. And the parents had on the shelf like 10 more Bobbies just in case the Bobby got lost. They could, they could slide the new Bobby in there. So, again, you know, it's not that valuable of a thing. Um, the Bible says the best we can offer God is like dirty rags. So that we really can't come up with much and impress God. But still, we are his little blankie. That's kind of a fun thought. God has a high value for us, even though he shouldn't. He, he has given that to us as a gift. Um, I played that song, John Mayer, coming back to that for a second. Something's missing. He, he, he can't put his finger on it. There's something not there. Um, and I think that's actually pretty spiritually accurate of him. To my knowledge, he's not walking with God. He hasn't experienced God's love um, personally. And I think that's pretty accurate of him to realize he's got, there's a part of that song, friends, check. Money, check. Guitars, check. He's, he's just listing all these things, but something's not there. And, and I, I would suggest to you, he's, he's missing out on God's unfailing, never-ending love. And it's a tragedy when we try to find that outside of of God. We, we can't find significance that way. So what does this all mean? It means that since God has put a high value on us, that we can turn around and, and value other people. We don't have to use people to push them down so that we get a little higher. I was just swimming in a lake on Monday with my nephews and, and a niece, and we had life jackets on. We were just bobbing. The water was deep, so we just bobbed. And we got into dunking each other, and like, you dunk somebody and you get up a little bit, and then it was safe. They came back up. But, you know, we were dunking each other. But that picture came to my mind that sometimes we do that. We don't, you know, we, we want to we be elevated. We want to be the one that gets the honor. So we might push somebody down. Um, but, but because God has valued us, we don't need to do that. We can know I am valuable. And we don't have to push others down. So what are some practical ways you might be thinking? I told you there was some practical stuff. Here it is. So there's four road signs that really help us stay on the path of respecting other people, of showing them honor. 
Um, number one road sign, stop. Stop talking and listen. And it's ironic that I'm the one talking right now and you are listening and I'm telling you that. I realize that. And I struggle with this. I want to talk. But, but when we stop to listen to somebody, that communicates a ton of value to them. Um, James 1.19 says, Understand this, my dear brothers, you must all be quick to what? Listen and slow to speak, slow to get angry. So that's not only communicating value and a good idea, but, but God is telling us, hey, this is the right way to relate to people. Have you ever seen a child? I'm trying to think if my daughter has ever done this. She's a year and a half, a little older. But grab the parent's face and like, I want a cookie. Or their message comes out, but, but it required grabbing the face and, you know, getting in there. I, I think even as a, as a child, you realize if I get your attention, if you listen to me, I feel appreciated. I feel heard. You know, no matter what the message is, they can um, get the attention and that, that communicates value. Another thing, sign number two, uh, no U-turn. Keep your, keep your promises. Don't turn on what you said you were going to do. Psalm 15 um, in verse 4 talks about those who honor, uh, those who fear the Lord, who swear to his own hurt and do not change. Uh, it's saying, even if it hurts you, you've got to keep your promises. Or I would say, especially if it hurts you, you've got to keep your promises because that's communicating value um, to people. Um, I care about my time. I care about my money and what's convenient for me. But if I, if I give some of that up um, and keep, to keep a promise I made to you, that's going to communicate exponentially more value than what you gave up, likely. Um, so even when you realize it's going to cost, that's a sign. There's a practical thing to show honor to people. Number three, yield. We see some of these here in California. More and more you see the arrow up and like the merge kind of sign. So we see merge a little bit more than we see yield. But to yield means to give up possession. Um, my claim, I give that up. Um, or I, my demand, I give that up for somebody else. So when we yield, on, you know, we don't normally yield onto the freeway here. We normally merge, which is like, I'm coming over. Let me in. Hope you don't hit me. But yielding, sometimes when you yield, you actually get to the line and you have to stop. You've got to stop, let the traffic clear, and then get in. So you're giving up, you know, your position or your right. Um, another picture for this came to mind. Um, I'm pretty into the World Cup soccer tournament right now. Some of you may be as well. And if you're not familiar, it's a really, it's maybe the biggest stage in sports. Maybe the Olympics is, is you know, similar. But about 3 billion people will watch the World Cup over the course of the tournament, which is like nearly half of everybody on earth is going to watch this thing. And it's a, soccer is a low-scoring sport. So to get a goal in soccer is like a big deal already. But then 3 billion people just saw that. So it's a huge honor for these players to score a goal. So I was thinking about this, watching a, a game in uh, U.S. versus Ghana. We came out with the victory. But the one goal that Ghana had was pretty spectacular. This guy did a behind-the-back, like, no-look pass to the other guy who was able to, like, I think he touched it once and kicked it in. Really cool. But the, so the guy that scored, he scored. The camera's on him. He does his routine, runs around. He was pounding his chest, sliding on his knees. Um, and he's, you know, for all intensive purposes, he's earned that right to do that. Um, I'm sure he was on the cover of the newspaper in Ghana that next day. 
Um, and he's earned that. But then I saw another goal, another team. I think it was a Czech Republic, more veteran player. Um, had a pretty good pass, pretty good touch on it, and he scored. And instead of the chest pounding, what he started doing was pointing at his teammates. Hey, good pass. I saw you assist the assist. Good pass. Hey, we've been working on this. Good job to you. And he started pointing out these other guys, and then they hug. And even after the hug, he kept pointing at people, and I thought, that's really, that's a great picture. He had the right to pound his chest. He, he probably will be on the magazine in the Czech Republic the next day. But, but the, the picture is of him pointing to other people. And I thought, that's a good picture of yielding what's rightfully mine um, to honor other people. Um, I've got to do this. I've got to yield what's mine to invest in other people. Um, and here's, again, you know, we're not all playing soccer in the World Cup. So here's a practical thing for us. Yield your right to the last cookie on the plate and let the other person get it. Or if you're doing the pizza math towards the end of the dinner, you know, there's seven people, there's three slices left. You know, you can yield up your right to that last slice for somebody else. I'm and that's preaching to me right now. Um, another sign, sign number four, scenic, take the scenic route, which means slow down and see others the way God sees them. If, you, um, if you've ever, you may have experienced this, zoom in along the freeway, you know, the same route every day for 10 years, I don't know. And then one day you notice something like the elephant on the hill off the 60 freeway, if you've seen that. And you say, when did that show up? And it's, it's been there for years. You just, you've been in the zone. You've been, you know, zooming by. And, and sometimes that can happen in life. We're zooming through life and we miss people. We miss the opportunity to show them honor. And Jesus was a good example of this. If anybody had the right, you know, to be all into themselves, it was Jesus. He was God. Um, he was in the flesh. He could do miracles. But what he did, he took the detours and hung out with those who were poor and sick and prostitutes and even tax collectors that nobody wanted to hang out with. Um, so we can really learn from Jesus' example and, and spend our time. Slow down. Take that scenic route um, to see people. This can make a real difference in our lives um, by following Jesus', Jesus example. To honor people with our words and our actions, it really could transform those relationships and bring honor um, to that. Um, imagine what your marriage could look like if you stopped to listen. And imagine how your kids might feel when you keep your word. You don't you turn on your promises. Or imagine a coworker who you offer them the last cookie. Or you, you sit down for coffee and you ask, this is all about you. You know, you'd show a genuine interest in people. That's valuing people. Um, the way that that is being defined here. It's going to make a difference in our church as well. I hope, I know I've experienced, you know, this at the church. I hope you have, where you, you don't feel judged, but you feel accepted. Um, at OCC, there's, a, there's great people here, you know, trying to honor, outdo each other with honor. And imagine if, if we all cranked it up even more, what that would look like. It would be attractive to, to, to be here. It would be attractive for people to come and realize, man, people's needs are getting met, but not by their own stress to meet my own needs. It's happening from other people. That's real love, and that's love that is not rude. Um, I'd like to ask the worship team, go ahead and come back up. And ushers, you can prepare for 
this morning's tithe and offering. You have that connection card in, uh, in your handout. Pull that out. I want to walk you through some possible next steps for you. You could also use this time to fill in any information there. Um, but a next step for you may be today to choose one of these road signs of honor of respect to work on this week. Maybe, maybe you're doing pretty good at, at the yielding, but you're not doing very good at the scenic route. Or you fill in the blank. Maybe that's something that you could identify one of those and work on that. Um, you could memorize Romans 12, 9 through 10. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I'd like to pray as we close this time and ask for God to, to help us do this. So God, we, we pause and first we recognize that you've given us a higher value than we deserve. Uh, you love us and you show us what it means to love. So we thank you for that. It really is a gift that you love us. Help us not to, to miss that every day, miss that fact. Um, and God, let that turn into motivation and assurance that we can love other people because we are valued by you. This is not easy stuff. Even the small things sometimes are a challenge for us to actually do. Um, help us to do the things that your word instructs us to do. God, I also pray for this time, um, this offering that we'll give. Pray that you would use it. Um, for your kingdom purposes and for the things going on here um, through the church and elsewhere as we support other uh, organizations doing kingdom work. So God, bless this offering and help us to, to walk in a way that honors you and honors others. In Jesus' name, amen.